Hi, I'm April Banbury and I am the current Miss Great Britain 2020. I'm a bridal wear designer and today we're going to be discussing designing your own evening gown. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry with your host Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back to another episode. Now, the it's kind of the staple piece, the beautiful evening gown of pageantry. I think it's one of the first things that springs to mind that absolutely amazing, like, breathtaking moment when people step on the stage in those fantastic evening gowns and um, the epitome of pageantry um, but a lot a lot of thought and preparation goes into finding that right gown that's really going to be right for you because we don't judge the dress it's like how you wear it and things like that as well so it's, it's actually a very complicated decision mm-hmm. um, and whether you're buying off the rack and having it altered or having and um, having it designed it is a long and lengthy and very expensive process um, but it's all part of the fun of pageantry so I'm very excited to be delving into the designing side of the evening gown and um, it's not something we've touched on on the podcast before um, but before we get into that can you explain a little bit about how you started in pageantry as a contestant? Yes so it's a funny story many many years ago um, I was actually at the clothes show live because obviously being like a fashion nerd, um, went there to go and watch some shows, see what was going on with trend forecasting, etc. And I was just wandering around, and there was a little stand, um, and it was for Miss Teen Queen, Great Britain. I was like, if someone came over to me and was like, oh, would you like to enter this beauty pageant? And I was like, what? What's this? Never thinking, you know, I could do that. Um, turns out I got through to the live finals, but actually... I had a holiday booked, family holiday booked at the time, so I couldn't actually um, take part in the finals. Um, But it sort of opened up my mind um, to pageants. And I was like, oh, this sounds really exciting and really fun. Sort of something outside of my comfort zone almost. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was quite shy and I lacked self-confidence a lot. So I was like, why don't I just, you know, do this? as you know, sort of like a face my fear kind of thing. Um, So a few years later, once I was at university, um, I entered my first pageant and that was Miss Hertfordshire um, and I made the top 15 and ever since then I caught the pageant bug. It's it's highly addictive um, for the majority of people. I mean even those that just do it once sort of seem to stay on the on the the edge of it forever. You kind of always watch yeah. it watching the queens and you've understood then a bit more about um, the process and the hard work that it takes to compete but it's yeah I still remember watching my first one which was like two days before I was due to compete I've never really seen a pageant before and like crying when they were crowning 
Um, oh, yeah. I was just like sat on my own, like on a on a table with lots of people, but I was there on my own. I didn't know anyone in the industry, and the lady next to me, she's like, "Oh, did the person you know win?" And I was like, "No, I don't know who they are." But it's just, <laughs> it's just so emotional. <laughs> it's like I'd watched the like all the hard work in the Facebook group leading up to it, and it's just like, oh, I just know that they really wanted it, and they've worked yeah. so hard, and they're all so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. The funny thing is now I cry at crowning because I I also I feel the pain of all of those people up there that haven't just won. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's that's yeah. become a big part of what I do of helping people feel like winners because only one person on that stage is going to get the crown well, per age category. Um and if I can help everyone else feel like they've come away a winner um because they've hit other goals or they've had a purpose from competing and things then I feel like yeah exactly everyone's a winner just by you know stepping foot on that stage and you know you're all everyone's a winner from the the first moment you send your application off you know it's it's that it is it's bravery and it's yeah it's having the it is bravery yeah very different and out there um and I think the skills you get from pageantry uh, because people are like oh you're a bit old for that kind of stuff and I was like I still have loads to learn um absolutely so many so many like life skills like lessons and things like that it's taught me I wouldn't be where I am today without pageants oh no not at all like me exactly the same exactly the same and I see people my my age group peers struggling with so with different things in their lives that I've overcome because I've done pageants yeah this sounds crazy, but have you ever thought about entering a pageant? They're like, how is that going to help me? I was like, trust me. <laughs> trust it me, will. it will. <laughs> magical, magical industry. Um, yes. But you also design, so you've got your uh, your bridal design wear. You've, you've designed yes. a fashion wear and evening gowns um, yes. in the pageant industry. How did that bit of things get started? Um, well, it started, it all began when I started um, obviously designing my own evening gowns. Um, and obviously people um, were interested in that, like, oh, where did you get your dress from? You know, it's, it's amazing, it's beautiful. And I was like, oh, I made it. And so it sort of came from there because then people were like asking, oh, would you mind making mine? So I was like, well, yeah, of course. So it just sort of grew from there, really. Um, when I was obviously studying at university, I never thought that I would end up doing like evening gowns and bridal gowns. But now I, would, I wouldn't want to design anything else because I, I'm so passionate about it. It inspires me so much um, that I couldn't design anything other than evening, evening or pageant, um, bridal wear. It just, I think, putting on any, putting on the right evening gown, putting on the right wedding dress. Like, there's, there's a reason us ladies get excited about wedding dresses because it does exactly. make you feel incredible. It's, yeah, right it's dress. all about. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the feeling that you get when you put that dress on. Hmm. You know. I mean, I love that's I'm, what I want to create. I'm married and divorced now, unfortunately, and hopefully there will be a <laughs> wedding dress at some point. Um, yes. the, my first wedding dress, it was everything I wanted it to be, but looking back, it was so wrong. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. It was so wrong. It was not the right fit for me. Um, apart from my waist, so literally the couple of inches at my waist were good. But the rest yeah. of it was just not the shape I should have gone for at all. Um, it was like ball gown, yeah. more fishtail um, or mermaid. Um, and yeah, it just like 
the top of it pinched me in all the most unflattering places but it was exactly yeah. what I wanted I designed it and given and then given it to a designer and she'd oh, gone, bless you. she tried to tweak me and I was not I was not in a place to listen but I was happy on the day it's I guess yeah that's all that matters if you're happy I mean like obviously being a designer and a stylist we have to give our honest opinions because you know ultimately we want you to look back on those photos in the years to come and be like yeah I, I still you know I love it still yeah. um but if you do love it at the time and you're happy in it at the time that's you know who's to say that that was the wrong decision you know it's your wedding dress it's your big day it's about how you feel yeah and I think oh, the upside being because I then in hindsight didn't love it it made it much easier to get rid of it because yeah. I hang on, I hung on to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. One, it had cost a lot of money. My mum had bought it for me as my wedding present, and she's not with us. Anymore. Oh yeah. Um, but I did. I transitioned. I took it through. A, I took it on a journey. I turned it into a Snow Queen costume first, um, and then I donated it to a, a costume department for a. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's a company, and um, so it's. I was able to give it a new lease of life and without having to keep the stress. I did not like (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's so nice when, um, uh, like, brides deconstruct, reconstruct their dress. So say, for example, you know, you bought your dress or your mum had a dress, she wore it and she wants you to wear it, but you don't want to wear it because, come on, it's like a gazillion years old and it's a bit grumpy um (laughs) so the thing that I'd love to do is like deconstruct it and reconstruct it work it into a new dress somehow so you have got parts of your mum's dress in there but it is a new fresh modern take on a classic you know for you kind of thing so what's been your favorite pageant piece that you've designed so far be it for yourself or someone else um my favorite pageant piece and so I've got two pieces obviously the dress that I just won Miss GB in, um, I had the best response from that dress as well. Not and me. I kept it secret. I didn't show it to anyone until the day. And I just, it was the dress I felt the most amazing and self-confident in. Um, also, um, the piece that I designed for Saffron Hart, um, who, when she competed in Miss Tourism World after she won Miss Great Britain, I designed her national costume. Um, and part of the costume that, unfortunately, we couldn't get out there for her I'd made these you know, humongous like angel wings to go with the costume. So that the whole thing like looked really, really awesome. I was really proud of it. And she loved it as well. Um, so yeah, those those two were definitely my favourites. Oh, I kind of just want the national costume just to wear out and about. I just think it'd be really oh, I do, yeah. Uh, I love the moment, costume. like an NHS themed national costume. Um, yeah that's the thing in the in the UK even before all of this that I've been I'm most proud of is our NHS and 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 I kind of I really hope we keep up this love for not just the NHS but for our vital workers like I'm that person Easter and Christmas I usually do presents for the bin men I'm not at the moment I'm not going to do Easter this year because I'm handling stuff I normally bake for them I can't get half that um, anyway, but um, so once the lockdown's finished, I will do it then. Uh, but yes, we always do something for them. Um, and I love saying hello and thank you to the, the postman, even if I'm sticking my head out of the window with a towel wrapped around it, having fallen out of the shower. Oh, so lovely. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> but I do that. I do that anyway. So I'm hoping that, that people remember this spirit of supporting our vital, vital workers. Yeah, 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 of course. It's all of this. Um, but yeah, I think an NHS themed national costume just to wear out and about after lockdown would, would be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on the case. 
There's no national costuming galaxy. I need to, one day I'll, I'll enter a system that has a national costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so I can Call me. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm quite happy walking around the street. Well, not at the moment, obviously. I don't leave my house at the moment. Um, but um, after lockdown, I'd be quite happy wandering around the streets in a national costume. <laughs> um, well, actually, I'm saying that there was an, uh, an appearance. I was meant to be marching in, marching, walk, we can't really march in heels, um, walking in a parade um, as, as an appearance for St George's Day, which they've now moved. It's the end of April, and they're moving it to, I think, August, July or August. They've, again, we've no idea if things like that are still going to happen. Yeah, of course. Like a big, like, ball gown type thing. But actually, an NHS national costume for that, would, I feel, would be much more appropriate particularly now so um yeah we might have to get on this in lockdown <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and it's just themed costume um yes so going we'll focus more on evening wear um to start with how would you recommend ladies start when they're designing a new dress should they be coming up with ideas before they find a designer find the designer first um what would be sort of the, the starting point I always think um, if you've got any ideas to begin with to bring to a designer, that's great. Because um, it is quite difficult, obviously, when people will, will come and they'll just be like, right, can you just design me a dress for, you know, this pageant? And obviously, I don't, you know, we don't know them from Adam, so we don't know anything about So we re- it's really about sort of creating like a personal relationship with them first and getting to know um, their personality because you want to be able to reflect the personality through in the dress, which will enable someone to, you know, feel super confident, like the best version of themselves. So I would definitely advise just, just you know, um, putting together some, maybe some colours that you like, that you're drawn to, some things like that, maybe some shapes that you've seen of dresses and styles. doesn't matter if you don't think it will work on you, um, because half the time, nine times out of ten, what you think doesn't work on you actually does. Yeah. Um, so I would just get together a bunch of images of things that that you are drawn to and then bring them all to the designer and just have a chat you know and, and the designer will then like I said get to know your personality um, and be able to go from there and design in terms of like designing something that that's that fits you um, so you, you said about shapes and things um, there. What is the most important things that we need to consider when designing the actual dress? You've sort of built up that relationship. Uh, what are the different areas that people need to be considering? Well, obviously, you want to um, obviously be wearing something that flatters flatters your figure. It doesn't. It literally doesn't matter whether you're, you know, petite, whether you're plus size, whether you're tall, whether you're short. Um, there are things that will flatter everyone, and I think that's the most important thing. A lot of the time, people um, will want to cover their arms up or have some sort of sleeves because they feel more comfortable and more confident with that because they might be a little bit insecure about arms. Um, but in what that in actual fact is what that does is draw attention to the arm so we want to be drawing attention to um the parts of the body um that you you love the most so your waist you know a nice nipped in waist now I've got quite a boxy figure um I haven't really got you know much hip so I really need to join in draw attention into my waist to create that illusion so you know it's what I did on, on the red dress that I just made now um the way I sort of placed the detailing was so it come it came, sort of like came in to the smallest point of my waist and then sort of spread out around the hips, creating that sort of hourglass figure. Yeah. So I think that's something um, that's that's always um, super super key 
key to get to enhance the best bits, you know, because we've all got best bits. You know, it doesn't like I said, it doesn't matter what shape or size we are. You know, there's something um, to flatter to flatter everyone. Mm. And it's funny, I think you my the bit, areas I've wanted to focus on have changed as well over the years. So when I first competed, I mean, I didn't know how to dress myself. <laughs> Probably the simplest explanation. <laughs> I would really try and uh, distract from my shoulders. I didn't like my what I refer to as my man shoulders there, and there's still certain things that I I don't think highlight them in a positive way. But yeah. my, now I've got a much more into my weightlifting. I was on the beginning of my weightlifting journey there, and I yeah. really love my definition. Um, and thanks to oh, I'm having a brain freeze. Sarah Sarah Davis um, or Davies. Davies, Sarah Davies, um, who is unashamedly about, about her strong physique. Um, yeah. Made me confident to just embrace my strong physique. And yeah, I'm absolutely. Like, I'm like, highlight those shoulders. I love my big, strong, defined shoulders. Yeah, well, exactly. You'd be proud of that. Own that, girl. Um, it's funny that I've, and I've commented on this a few times, how it's not the perceptions of pageantry aren't just slightly wrong they are completely backwards because completely, yeah competing for in a beauty pageant is going to make you more self-conscious actually exactly it's the reverse <laughs> the opposite I didn't like my shoulders I didn't like my midriff I wasn't happy in a swimsuit let alone a bikini and I yeah. hate being tall and I love all of those things now <laughs> Well, exactly. I honestly, I was exactly the same. You know, um, I I never used to like my figure either. And you know, I've got stretch marks, even though you know I am petite. I've got horrendous stretch marks, and I would always like if I ever went to to the beach or on holiday, I would always wear something to cover them up. But now I'm like, you know what? This is me. Let's embrace it. You know, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll whatever I consider as my flaws. They're not my flaws. They're what make me me and make me normal. You know. I think last, so when I competed in 2016, which was the last time before the most recent one, <laughs> if that makes sense, um, I I cut out a lot of my heavy lifting in the last sort of six weeks um, because I yeah. didn't have too much definition showing through. And then because of Sarah being so out and proud about her strong physique, um, and I even messaged her and said, um, like, I'm going into this completely in the physique that I want to have. I'm not going to be tweaking uh, my program uh, to suit what I think the stereotype is this time. Exactly. That's so good. Yeah. And I haven't had my pictures back, all my pictures back yet. I don't know if he hasn't got around to me or he's got my email address wrong because that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's an extra random A in the middle of it and it confuses people. And <laughs> someone forwarded me some of the pictures that obviously they'd had theirs back and some of mine were in there. And there's this swimwear one where my legs are shredded and I'm like, yes. Yes, girl. <laughs> stereotypical pageant look at all and I'm Just so pleased yeah. all this extra definition I've never had before and normally I'd be trying to cover that up or, or just not train as hard as I wanted to and now I'm like because of pageants I'm all I'm all over this I'm like no these are the legs I want to have these are the legs I've worked for and I'm that's it for. yeah and if you don't go into these competitions just as you loving you the way you are then that that will show through uh you know so I think you've, you've got to be confident and just own who you are I think I think stereotypes are changing now in pageants and I'm so so happy about it 
Like literally anyone can enter. It's so diverse, um, especially the Miss GB, Miss and Miss GB platform. Um, and I think that's a real good change um, for the better. Mm. It's, I, I really loved coming to that. I think that was probably... I think that was my favourite one to watch in the last sort of 12 months. Um, Yay! Excluding Galaxy, because we all know Galaxy has my heart. Yeah. I'm not going to put that in the competition. Um, but yeah, yeah it was... It was oh, and I just, I got the best seat I had. I was one of the front row of tables. I was gutted I didn't have my tripod because I ended up live streaming the majority of it. And I had space in front of me for a tripod that would not have got in anyone's way or been oh. <laughs> I'm just going to take my tripod everywhere now. But I've learned my lesson. Um, but I had such a great seat. It's such an amazing stage. I got fed while I was there, which always makes me happy. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> such an just incredible variety of women on stage I love on stage question and I've never seen that live before um so that was really really nice um I just yeah the whole the whole production of it was just uh, I absolutely loved it I had the most amazing time um and I got a night to myself in a hotel so it was a win all round winning (laughs) definitely be doing that that's going on the list for next year Mm -hmm. without doubt um and actually um weird weird plug uh, but I would recommend anyone listening particularly if like me I had to go on my own because my partner would have my little one so that I could actually go and yes I knew people that were going there but because I was traveling I would have had to eat somewhere anyway um so booking if you're going on your own booking a ticket with the meal yes sometimes it feels a little bit of a luxury but you'd be surprised how quickly you'd have spent that money going out to eat somewhere else anyway. And it means you get a seat with your name on, you get to sit with it, meet new people. And um, I quite often like going to these things on my own. I'll say a quick hello to the people that I know and then going and, for want of a better word, networking. And yeah, it's so good. I was sat at a table with um, the parents of a, a lady that I'd seen win her regionals in the Miss category. Um, she was mm-hmm. Miss Kent. Um, and then uh, the parents of another lady, they were both new to pageantry. So I was able to be sort of the voice of experience for the parents and, um. and meet and was talking to the ladies after they competed and checked that they'd like enjoyed it and things like that. Well, Miss Ken has competed before, but not lots. Um, and the other lady hadn't competed at all before. Um, and it was just really, really nice. So anyone listening, would I would highly recommend doing the dinner at some of these things like Splurge. I'd much rather wear a dress I've had for 10 years to an event and and have the dinner ticket if I'm honest oh absolutely new dress um I'll save the new dresses for like on stage um, yeah <laughs> we, but me me plugging booking dinner there I mean we all know I love food so that's yeah <laughs> yeah me too um, networking let's see there's an episode in itself I need to do an episode about networking at events <laughs> yes um so coming back to designing the gowns, um, how long does a custom gown usually take from literally first contact um, through to getting your completed dress back? So this is a question that I actually get asked quite a lot and it really does differ from person to person. Um, so it just depends on what, you know, the the customer client wants essentially um if it's you know just a simple a simple dress then it's obviously not going to take as long if it's a wedding dress it's going to take much longer for wedding dresses I always say six months for the whole process from start to finish um 
the pageant gowns, it can be anything from, from three to six months, again, depending on like, the complexity um, of the gown. The sooner we get started with these things, the better, because people do creep in last minute and are like, oh, I haven't got a dress, can you design me a dress? And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's a little bit late now because it takes such a long time for me to source the materials and put everything together myself. Um, so, and then there's like numerous amounts of fittings as well along the way so the more time the better it's it I'd definitely say between three to six months if if someone can you know has got that time it is possible to do it in less but it just makes it a lot smoother if they've got that time that's actually a lot quicker than I was expecting you to say but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a speedy worker what can I say I'm a big planner. I'd I'd have been like nine nine to six months, twelve months for a wedding dress. So um, I'm yeah. That, I think that's that's quite a good. <laughs> I mean, I I I had a vague idea of most of my galaxy outfits. Um, oh, were we like I think about nine eight months before. Um, mm-hmm. I struck yeah. lucky with my evening gown. Um, I wanted white, and I actually looked at a couple of bridal shops just to go and try on lots yeah. of gowns. I thought, right, that's the easiest way to try on lots of white gowns and get an idea of shape. And yeah. the first shop I was going to, I thought, I'll have a little nosy on their website before I go. And literally, the dress I'd been picturing in my head was on there. It needed blinging up. It needed yeah. sparkle because it's pageant. But I never in a million years thought I'd actually be able to find my dress in in a shop and I made yeah, them find something else for me to try on first because I refused yeah. to buy the first dress <laughs> yeah 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 I see honestly that happens with my brides all the time they're like I can't just buy the first dress I've tried on like you can <laughs> you absolutely can <laughs> in hindsight the first dress I ever tried on when I bought my wedding dress should have been the one that I bought it was two hundred pounds on a sale rail. It fitted me like it had absolutely been well, yeah. It yeah. Me. Um, it was uh, in a local shop, so I would have been supporting a local independent. Um, yeah. yeah, it would have been a thousand pounds cheaper than my actual dress. Um, mm. And but because it was the first one I tried on, I didn't. I didn't want it, and I should have just bought. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I see it happen all the time with brides. I'm like, you have to just listen to that feeling. If you get that feeling and it's speaking to you, just go with it. You have to get all of that other nonsense out of your head because <laughs> it's exactly how you feel at that moment. And if it speaks to you, just go for it. And then you're sorted and you can focus on the other stuff. I should have just bought it anyway, even if I not. I thought I have just bought it. On yeah, as well. He, he should have just bought it as well. <laughs> it didn't look like a two hundred pound. I think it had, it had been like an eight hundred pound dress that was down to two hundred in us in a sale. Yeah. And I think it's probably because it was so simple and and it was a time where there was a lot of sparkle going on in dress, particularly where I lived. Um, and I was yeah. Just, yeah, just didn't I just. So I've learned now, try on some things you don't like first so that the first dress you love, you don't feel like you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Missing out on the trying on experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's, that, that's quite tricky. Like you go and you're like, oh, I love this dress, but now I, I've missed that that experience of going to lots of different shops and things like that as well. And uh, So go try on some really ugly dresses. <laughs> <laughs> fun trying on <laughs> stuff that isn't right first too um and um, do you usually design all your own gowns or have you, have you ever worn anything from someone else um so when I first started out um the 
first pageant I did the Miss Hartford Two one, I did actually buy a gown for that. And um, there were a couple at the beginning that I did buy um, because I was younger then and I wasn't even designing properly at that point. Um, but when I started designing um, dresses and started my business, that that's when I started, you know, making the gowns. And I never looked back. I never, ever, ever wore something from anyone else ever from that point going forward. But my fashion wear... Um, and bikinis I've customized things um the majority I have made from scratch but um others I have bought as well uh, but I will always customize those but my evening gown is the one thing that I will always 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 design myself it's like your your staple yeah I have so many girls before like oh my god April, I know you would have made your dress I can't wait to see it like everyone gets super excited about it and it makes me really happy I'm like oh <laughs> It's pressure as well, though. <laughs> you're, you're already making me want to get a different dress because I've already said I'm wearing the same things for Galaxy next year. I'm, uh, I've already know what I'm doing with my fashion wear. The bottom half of my fashion wear, I'm changing. Um, yeah, and I think that's. Um, I I was very much staying true to who I was and what I wanted my fashion wear to look like, yeah. but it didn't and I don't think I would have known until I'd worn it on stage the the trousers how I wanted them to move we just couldn't find the right fabric um so we settled on the best option we could get um and it did it didn't it looked I've got one picture from it where I'm posing and it looks exactly how I wanted it to look uh, but none of the other pictures do it just didn't work how I wanted it to but I wouldn't have known if I'd not done it and I'd have kicked myself if I hadn't tried um yeah it's definitely the, the kind of look I wanted but it works for a photo it didn't work yeah on stage at all the different angles you need to look good so I'm changing mm. the bottom half of my fashion wear but I already know what I'm doing because I had another <laughs> fashion wear recently. yeah I'm like okay <laughs> I think I think literally within like 48 hours of being on stage I decided <laughs> with what I was going to do my swimwear's going back to um going back to have more bling added on it because I loved it yes. a bit more sparkle next time and um, and it's but it is that funny thing of there's like knowing what what suits you and what works for you and and also yeah. making that work for the stage and and how things things come across differently on stage than they would just being in a photo or what would be okay to wear to a black tie gala and what you need to to make a statement on the stage yeah and, of course I think that's where it's really good to work with someone that knows the industry like yourself. Um, yeah. You've got that in the same way. Um, I think we spoke about this with Patrick when we were talking about makeup. Um, you can have a really good makeup artist, but if they've only worked with camera situations um, or for like proms and stuff like that, they're not used to the stage lighting. Um, yeah. You can't then... They, they don't know how to adapt for different lighting systems to look at the lighting rig and go, right, we're very... Very, yeah very orange like this is what I need to adapt the makeup to the same thing I think applies when it comes to um the clothes that you wear and um, I've got an amazing sequence that I work with but she she doesn't know patterns 
So we were both sort of, it was a little bit of blind leading blind. She's very low, she's about two bits down the road from me and she's a friend of a friend, get good rates sort of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But, it's, but she doesn't know, she doesn't know pageants. So that would definitely be one of my top tips is to find someone in any area, whether it's your dress or your makeup or your hair um, or your interview prep, is find someone that knows pageants and ideally at least has seen the pageant system that you're going to be competing in. Um, things like knowing roughly what the stage is like and um, being like oh okay you don't want to be like completely restricted at your ankles because you've got to climb steps or something like that um, yes that's that's kind of like yeah because there is oh it's not pure it's either pure or diamond coming up a lady who showed me she'd been got a picture of the venue and they have this lovely staircase to walk down it's gonna look beautiful but you definitely yeah. need to consider it you need to oh my goodness yeah I mean yeah I've had some really tight fitting dresses before and literally um one of the backstage staff members luckily it was a guy um he had to lift me up onto the top step of the stage because he couldn't move in my dress it was so tight <laughs> Just a little, I had to do like a little wazzle on <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love, one day, I don't know if I could wear a competition, I'd like a dress that was made out of, like, gym kit fabric. <laughs> Gymshark and you to get together and make me, a, like, a, a Gymshark evening gown. So That's the most sweet. comfortable evening gown ever. Just, like, a second skin and nothing just, oh, I love being comfortable. <clears throat> Whereas yeah. with pageant stuff, I've got like, I've got double-sided sticky, I had industrial double-sided sticky tape on under my evening gown for Galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm in there. <laughs> I think because lack of hips and bum and stuff, the only way we could get the dress to sit curve into my lower back properly was three rows of industrial sticky tape, the stuff you'd normally use to stick pictures on walls with. And it was that extra strong, no more nails, double-sided. Oh, sticky. yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's pretty, the things we go through. <laughs> oh, it was like, I just, I feel like there should have been an award for most crazy undergarments in pageants. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that would have probably won it industrial double sided tape but um oh all the fun all the fun yes so glamorous and then we're actually covered it with sticky tape um, <laughs> yeah and so you've obviously got the most amazing title at the moment as well because it was the first year of ms great britain and crisis lockdown probably changed your plans ever so slightly um but Just a bit. <laughs> plan now as much as we can plan at the moment um how do you plan to spend your time as ms great britain so i mean i don't know whether um you guys caught my interview right at the beginning of lockdown on bbc um so that was obviously the the beginning of my queen of quarantine um as with Great Britain so I've just been trying to spread as much positivity as possible I've been having a lot of chats with people that I don't know I've probably spoken to over a hundred people that I don't know who might be struggling um in lockdown at the moment who you know may be feeling a bit lonely who suffer from depression anxiety uh, so I've just really been reaching out to people like that um over all forms of, of social media really even though I haven't been talking about it too much on social media it has something I've been doing a lot of um in in you know in my 
times during the, the day, um, which has actually made my days fly by. So, yeah, I've been having like Skype calls, audio calls, video calls with people I've never met before. Um, but it's been great because I've just, you know, been trying to spread the cheer, the love, the positivity um, to, to lift everyone's morale at the moment because it's tough, you know? Mm, it's. <laughs> There are challenges that you would never expect. Everyone saw it as a health crisis. Now we know it's an economic crisis um, and it's not just physical health. It's a massive mental health crisis as well. It is. Yeah, I think more so, you know. And you feel, I mean, worrying about your physical health and worrying about your finances affect your mental health. And then there's the... 100%, yeah. The, the fear factor, I think, has been the biggest one here. We we both, I've I've lost my paid income but I've still got a lot of work that I can be doing which is a good yeah. and obviously we've got the toddler running around and um, my other half can predominantly work from home he's had to pop out twice for work but literally one was to drop a key somewhere because someone was moving into the building and they obviously needed to get yeah. in and especially considering lockdown they should have been at home and they needed to get in their home um and then to let someone else into another building that literally doesn't have to see a, a single person so we're very lucky in that way that he's not neither of us are vital workers we're not on the front line or in any way shape or form and um, yeah. managed to get most of our food delivered uh, we had to do one butcher pickup um but hey we could have survived without meat we normally do vegan. yeah well, yeah I, I literally have, haven't left the house unless it's been to get food I haven't even been um doing like going out for exercise I've been working out from home yeah. I really try to stay at home as much as I can because I see people walking past my house all the time I'm like it just having you know group gatherings I'm like guys what are you doing like come on get your booties back in your house (laughs) my so Harry runs uh, I'd say maybe four times a week and then he'll do stuff inside I run each morning I try and get out really early but I'm right next to a big park so I can get get into the park I can I have a four meter rule so there's two meter malarkey I'm like I'm staying four meters which does mean people jump in front of me in queues and then I just edge backwards and they're like oh were you waiting and I'm like yep I just like vomit yeah I'm I'm waiting back here um but that's it my like half an hour a day and to be honest the isolation isn't what's got me it's been it's been the fear of the unknown and the fact that I'm trying to protect my little family unit yeah cool and I can't there's nothing more that I can do that that's really um I am mama bear hear me roar (laughs) I I will defend my family and I can't I can't I can't punch corona in the face like not that I would oh I wish we could (laughs) we can't there's no there's no physical protection so you're in this like fight or flight panic mode and you can't yeah do anything Um, yeah I've just been trying to not overthink everything you know I will you know stay updated with the news but I'm not um I'm not following it all day every day because it just you know it 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 really like mess can mess with your mind so I think it's important to you know get the facts of the day but not to read too much into it because at the moment we can't change anything you know the only thing we can do is stay at home in order to stay safe and stop spreading it you know yeah and so we try and watch the briefing, the 5pm briefing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Even when 
we get into after the first sort of two or three journalists questions it's for want of a better word drivel they ask the same yes yeah yeah they just ask the same questions and really inappropriate like what's our procedure for getting out of lockdown we still are in lockdown we need we to are in yeah. lockdown like that's that's it we, we need to continue do. doing the same thing okay <laughs> i think they have other i feel bad for the government the amount of idiots they have to deal with like surely they'd be better if we were like right we're just going to leave you alone you tell us if there's anything that we need to know but we know <laughs> government so we'll leave you to get on with it and and yeah, safe, and that's fine. We'll stop asking stupid questions. Like, really? <laughs> but it's, it, and it is, it's really tricky with the amount that's shared on social media that you're like, is this, is this true? Is this fact? Like my other half, um, he doesn't really have social media. So he was, he's on uh, like news websites as opposed to scrolling through Facebook. And even he was like, oh no, the, um, they now got someone that um, had it and and recovered, was got it again. And I was like, what? That really, really freaked me out. And he's like, I went through the, the article. He's like, oh no, no, they're just discussing what would happen if that did happen. But the headline made it look like that didn't happen. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying to think mm. that being a thing that could happen and it hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, yeah. like, it's like clickbait. It's very frustrating. Yeah. We've now limited it to the daily briefing. <laughs> We're like, yeah, that's me too. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and if you really, if you're struggling and you want a good giggle at how stupid people are, then watch the daily briefing on the ITV Facebook page because the comments are hilarious. Like, people are <laughs> really stupid. <laughs> Some of the comments are absolutely brilliant. Like, the conspiracy theories. Like people oh, yeah. Each other the saying, Don't you get yeah. it? This is just a 5, 5G conspiracy. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been sent so many of those. I'm not even reading this. <laughs> oh. it, yeah, it's very it's hilarious. Well, I hope you get a bit of time out of lockdown as MF Great Britain as well. Like it's not just this forever. Um, yeah, the <laughs> reasons, but 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 for our, I think for our title holders, it's gonna it's a really tough year. But it won't be forgotten. It will definitely be much more likely to be remembered for working hard during yes. crisis than than if it was just a normal year. Um, so take we'll take that. Hello. Um, oh, hello. You, have you lost I me? I think I've lost you. Stay there, I can hear you. Can oh, yep, you're back. Cool. Um, so, one final question. Um, yep. Where can we find you on social media, be it uh, for the things you're doing as a contestant, well, title holder now, and, and also for your work for if people want to come and get fashion wear, um, evening gowns, and things off you? So I am on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. I'm all, all of those as April Banbury. Um, I'm also on Cameo as April Banbury. Um, and then I have my website, which is www.april-banbury.com. Um, best way um, you can, if you would like want something designing, um, you can either drop me a message on Facebook um, or via my website. There's a contact form on there that people can fill out. Um, other than that, obviously, I've got Instagram as well. Um, I just sometimes, it, I might miss a few messages. 
um, coming through on my inbox on Instagram, so Facebook or the contact form on my website is probably the best, the best way to get hold of me. Amazing. I always say my, my DMs and PMs are where messages come to disappear. Um, and the email is safer. I think even my Facebook personal profile just says, email me, don't DM me. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean yeah i've got my email address as well which is um just aprilbanby at icloud.com so by all means that um that that's super easy to get hold of me on there as well amazing <laughs> i will put all the links and everything in the show notes for this episode too so um thank you that are listening make sure you check those out so you can reach out to april and um yeah do you think people can a bit more time but I know we said looking at the sort of three to six months, the longer the better. Is it better to leave more time at the moment? Because obviously deliveries are just at, not Yeah, at the moment, yeah, that's 100%. Because, you know, I can't even get hold of everything at the moment. Yeah. Um, I can't go out to source things. So at the moment, everything is, yeah, extended by quite quite a bit. Um, once, once we've got a bit more of an insight as to when this is going to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, then I can give a clearer idea of how long things will get set. But the designing process can start now. Um, but the fabric sourcing is on pause at the moment. A bit tricky. Awesome. So is there too early? Is there is there a date that you'd be like, there's no point in us discussing it yet? Well, yeah, I literally had someone the other day um, <laughs> asking me, actually, I think it's a Congress. Um, and the problem isn't like literally for two years. So I'd say two years is probably too early to start because a lot changes in two years. Um, even with wedding dresses, pendant dresses, all the same. Um, I think anything that's over a year is probably too early to, to start. I mean, I would, and you know, it would be great to have a year to work with for, for bridal, especially, but anything that's, you know, ahead of a year sort of thing, um, you know you we change so much you know in in two years so you probably won't like saying things in two years so I, I wouldn't recommend designing something two years in advance <laughs> two years too soon there we go <laughs> two years too soon yes <laughs> amazing oh well thank you so much um for coming on the episode it's been a real joy talking to you oh thanks um, for having me and yeah. I, I can't wait to see your next round <laughs> yes wow I'm not competing anymore but I will definitely be designing one for next year's competition when I'm crowning my successor. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.